why, where, what? Okay, so what do you feel is important about the ask? What do you, what do you think on that subject alone, not getting into these bullets yet? Yeah, just on the ask in terms of asking for advice? Yeah, so like how does, how does the ask help, help us, right? Thinking through personally, mm-hmm. asking ourselves, about before we give advice, right? Mm-hmm. Why so this is your, what we yourself? ask ourselves. Yeah, so okay. why stop and ask yourself these questions? Why do you think that ask is so important? Mm. Or have you gotten tripped up by not checking in with yourself? I think that it's important to ask why, where, and what, because otherwise you're not tapped in to specific advice. It it has nothing necessarily, you might get lucky, it might have something to do with it. But if you don't actually know what problem or question your advice is answering, if you don't know where you're coming up with your response, because maybe it's more about you than about them. And if you don't know, like, if you don't know yourself enough to know Mm -hmm. how this might strengthen or weaken your ego then your advice probably is going to lead to more tension between you and the party asking for it because you're not hearing them. And usually when we ask for advice, it's because we are hurting, not because we want the fix, but we want, we use the want for the fix in order to address like, this was unfair and I don't feel good. Can you empathize with me? And then maybe we can gently move towards the solution. If you jump through all of that specific understanding, you get that thing where people start saying, you're right, you're right. And I think it was in a a book by Chris Voss, uh, who was a CIA, or what was it, FBI profiler, uh, dealt with hostage negotiations. Mm -hmm. And he was like, the most dangerous thing is when you hear someone say, you're right. It means they've completely checked out. They're no longer in their emotions. They're no longer in their context. They're hearing the logic and they're saying, you're right, but you've Mm -hmm. lost them once they listen to logic because you're not answering their feelings. You're answering the words that they're using to describe the problem, which are often not connected. Yeah. Which is the opposite of what I do is connect soul to soul. People are like, you're right. And I'm like, yeah, because I'm exactly. just soul talking. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like a complete opposite. That's interesting. Very fascinating. Well, Chris would love, he would love, well, I don't know him, but I feel <laughs> like he would really enjoy some of what you do because it gets people back into their feeling. And that's where you can actually kind of be able yeah. to work with negotiation. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, well, when people are in trauma or in like a stressful situation like that, they leave their bodies, you know, so you're not even talking yeah. to the real person then. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. So checking in with yourself as to like, why are you even going to give advice? So we've been sort of talking about when someone's asking for advice, but let's flip it back to whether someone's asked you to give it or not. Right. Cause advice that isn't even asked for is very disrespectful. And like, we don't stop to think about that. (laughs) You're actually disrespecting someone. You're raping them. Like they didn't ask for it. What's rape? You're getting what you didn't ask for. (laughs) 
somebody is forcing something on you that you didn't ask for. So yeah, it's a really icky feeling when you say something and someone just gives you advice, right? Or in grief situations, you're grieving in there or someone just died and is like, well, at least you're this is, you know, and trying to make you feel better. And they're giving you all this advice that certainly wasn't asked for when you're just trying to process through all those levels of grief because you know there's all these stages the first stage is like denial right yeah very cool okay so when you tap in to you're about to give advice and you check in with yourself like why are you giving it so what are some tips there or some thoughts you have as to like how you even check in with yourself some of those examples that you gave earlier yeah yeah so well, it's fascinating just before we go on to that, what you mentioned about like denial, I think you somewhat, whether it's a conscious learning about this or subconscious intuition, there needs to be some understanding of the different stages that people are in when they come to you for advice, because that can help pivot. Oh, this is the sort of advice. This is the sort of advice. This is So that was just an interesting point that you mentioned. And I felt like that would be good to touch on at least briefly right now go for it um but in terms of being able to know yourself I mean number one thing is journaling right it's just the best way you get stuck after one sentence then you write about how furious it is to be doing this and you get you just start unraveling like oh so I get really irritated when results aren't fast and I am not patient when it comes to things that I don't see um a tangible product at the end game of this for like it just wouldn't make sense for me to waste my energies this way it journaling I think is a great way to actually understand yourself especially in the context of your day-to-day actions so I think that's the first thing Linda is okay looking at your day and saying this bugged me does it need to what why why did it do that was that me or was it something that you know I stand by this I was not happy when this happened. It was not fair. Now we can move through it. Or was this maybe me getting in up my own, uh, you know, about it and uh, not necessarily seeing the con- the possible context for this other person. Maybe mm. they cut you off in traffic because they were rushing to the hospital. Maybe they, I don't know, cut in line because, not that it's okay, but because they needed to get that coffee uh, for their right. boss who was going to fire them if they didn't we don't know so it's right. balancing that and it, it's just the setup for the ability to let go yeah mm, yes exactly exactly and yeah. both of those sides come to it whether it's you feel justified and you're okay with the feeling that you're having versus you realize that this was more about you both of them will need they will lead to the letting go process but you cool. have to know where you're at before yeah Cool beans. All right. So why are you giving it? Like you have great examples of like checking in and why would I be giving this advice at this point to somebody Mm. else, right? Whether they've asked or not, just like this advice comes up for you to give and you're like, wait a minute, why am I even going to give this? Like, how is it going to help this person or whatever? You have some scenarios there? 
Yeah, so if we're looking at like why you're giving this advice in the moment, let's say, let's say somebody doesn't even ask for advice. Let's say you have a best friend. Remember this is 2020 and we're moving past beauty standards. We know that they still affect us, but we're trying to move past them. I'm gonna use this as an example. Um, let's say you have a friend that just feels really down about the fact that like, I just can't wear this dress. I can't wear it because I, I, I just, I can't, I can't wear it. And they don't even get to the because why. Okay. To me, that might, that might demonstrate that there's a block around even recognizing that fat is bad in her mind. It would show me that this person can't even, or doesn't even want to look at the fact that she is scared of being fat, even though it runs her life. Because as soon as she recognizes, she knows it's 2020. She knows that being fat doesn't mean you're ugly. And yet she still feels that. So that would be something that I think a lot of people might skip past because it's very popular in our culture to be like, oh my God, you're not fat. That's insane. Oh my God, you're beautiful. What? And it's like, that is one type of support, yes. And I think everybody needs that type of love, validation, overwhelming compassion at different points in their journey. That can also be an enabling factor for people who don't want to necessarily solve their issues with the concept of being overweight, but also rely on you to tell them that they're beautiful, rely on you to provide that validation. So what I find often is like that sort of device that misses the mark because it's more about you being a good friend and making your friend feel okay. Not necessarily giving them the support that would move them beyond the fear. So would it become, you become curious and, and doing the sort of the drill down to, cause you said the person didn't even finish, you know, the why of it, drilling yeah. down to, what is really bothering them about that dress or yeah. okay i would i would say distancing yourself from the immediate fix and instead working through well tell me more why yeah. do you think that is what I, i'd like to hear more you think i don't know about color? that do you think it's the texture <laughs> like exactly texture let them answer it good <laughs> yeah because the thing is as soon as you answer it it's wall up but if, yeah. if you, not with a sense of knowing, like, well, is it, th is it this? Because that'll shut somebody down right away. Sure, just, just being there to process with them. Yeah, if even, if, even if you know the answer, even if you know the answer, just being like. Especially if you know the answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but exactly what you were saying, just being like, oh, well, what do you think that is? I, I don't know, because then they can take charge of the information. They can take charge of knowing themselves without the fear that you might know them better, which often drives the need for advice is that somebody else has the answer and you don't. So when you're able to guide somebody into finding their own answer, mm -hmm. that not only kind of breaks down the fat is ugly. Oh, now that I've said that, that does kind of seem a little crazy, doesn't it? it mm -hmm. Like once that, once you say it and mm -hmm. it's not led by someone else, mm -hmm. you're like, oh, well, I just said that in front of you and okay, well, at least I didn't have to prove anything or walk anything back. Yeah. Um, so yeah. 
it's in creating a safe space for someone to discover about themselves, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it takes me to this uh, gal who, after she had her baby, and it was, you know, like her husband was trying to figure out, like, why the baby, you know, are, are bringing back to, to her, like bringing a problem to her about the baby. And, and she would just say, um, so what are your thoughts? You know, like, what do you think might be causing it? You know, and she had more experience in babysat or whatever. So she probably had some of the answers and she's a mom, you know, she's got the whole intuition. Mm -hmm. She was really careful to empower her husband and the two of them put thoughts out in the center on the table, if you will, and then sort of shift through and then together make a decision about gotcha. what might be going on and then together make a decision of like how to tackle that one and then experiment and see what happens. And babies change all the time, <laughs> you know, it's you to stay like even like one nose length ahead is um with kids in general is usually impossible yeah <laughs> it's a big yeah. science experiment that changes all the time mm -hmm. so yeah kids. i definitely think a, a huge undervalued gift is the gift of taking a breath just hold up a second you know wait one moment before you just let whatever's about to tumble out of your mouth happen uh it's just whoop. where's this coming from Okay, now with full intentionality, I can drive this sentence forward. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Carefully. Just make sure you're, you're fully in that moment instead of thinking about right. something else, rattling something off. Because the mm -hmm. person who's asking or didn't ask for your advice, they could be in a very delicate stage where what you say could be very impactful, just like with children, where yeah. every single thing, no matter what you think of it, has a huge impact just developmentally. Yeah. So it's important to just check yourself, be like, oh, there's some, I don't want to say fragile because that has bad connotations, but this moment is a bit precarious. So maybe I should shift out of me for a second because mm -hmm. it's fun to be with me. We have best friends. We have family who you're just like, this is me. I'm I'm being mean. Now I'm being nice. Now I'm being thin. And it's, it feels nice <laughs> to you be in your impulse. I know. <laughs> Unconditional love, right? Yeah. But yeah. Um, it, it feels good to be completely in your impulses. But maybe when advice is happening, that might not be the time to be in your impulses. Although certainly listen to your intuition. That I'm not right? saying cancel that out. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So just checking in, like, why are you giving it? And thinking about where it's coming from for you. Is there a little scenario that you can think of where it was like you really checked in where it was coming from and realized something? Do you have anything on the tip of your tongue on that aspect coming from you and your experiences? Yeah, yeah. So having already, like, I think everybody has the experience of a friend who is playing for compliments because they're insecure about how they look. So let's skip past that one because I think most of us have been there, if not just for ourselves. I think we all have had insecurities about ourselves. But um, I would say one that comes to mind is uh, with my mom, actually. And she was very nervous about going back into acting when I left for college. Um, she had trained to be an actor. 
but she kind of went into the stay-at-home life. Mm-hmm. Um, and she always, without expressing it, was like, oh no, I could never be an actor. Like she'd bring up why she couldn't be it. Right. Which is a huge indication to me that you're trying to convince that that path was never an alternative. Mm-hmm. It's helping to shut down the hope and the regret and the disappointment of not choosing that path. But in doing that, it also prevents this understanding of like, oh, it is still possible. I'm so busy trying to shut down this previous hurt that I'm not even seeing that I could actually still get somewhere that I want to be, but that's too painful. So Mm -hmm. while I started, and this, it took some readjusting because I would hear all of this like, oh, it would be interesting to go into voiceover, but I just don't know, I'm too old, I'm too this, I'm too that, I'm too this, I'm too that. And while for the beginning, I started with, that's not true, you like a lot of support, you know that that's not the case. Like acting is the one world, maybe the only world in which you you literally need everyone. You need everyone, you can't fake it, you have to have everyone. Yeah. And so if we move beyond that, I was in this supporting phase. I was in the supporting. And at a certain point, I just realized, oh, this is enabling. This is, ah, this is interesting. Mm -hmm. I was just like, enabling. Exactly. And it was like, I understood that she needed that support, that it's not as though that wasn't valuable, but she was now living through it instead of moving on to the next step of, okay, I, I have a trust. I trust the base that I'm going to leap from. Sure. I can trust that this base will hold me. And now I can take a step out. Okay. Run back. Take two steps out, run back. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's being able to trust that. And so at a yeah. certain point I realized, okay, this isn't doing it. Okay. So I, I kind of got a little harsh. I was like, these are all BS. You're saying this. It doesn't mean that you're saying this. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to enable you anymore. If you would like to move into voiceover, you can just know that I don't buy any of your excuses and you don't have to either, but if you want, you can choose to stay or you can choose to move into something else. Wow. And she's, it's fascinating because she's the one who taught me uh, the idea of, which I think goes to show some psychology, the idea of <laughs> um, people will only choose to change when the cost of remaining outweighs the cost of changing. That's right. Yeah, so it's um, it's interesting that she knew that she lived by it, and yet she wasn't actively living by it in all the places that it mattered. Sure. That's a great um, example. I love and now it. she's been rocking the voiceover world because I stopped oh, being oh. super nice. Not that I was mean, but I, I wasn't <laughs> super nice anymore. Because that was more about me not trying to hurt her than yeah. about me helping her get somewhere. And yeah. I think and that's then, what I wanted to illuminate with that example. Yeah. And then the digging deep to realize like, damn, I'm enabling her. Yeah. And then to make that choice, <laughs> you made a choice so that she was almost like free to make a choice. So that's exactly too. I love it. And even in coaching, like whatever um, the coach is going through, it starts showing up in the clients. And when the mm-hmm. coach makes their leap, you know, all the clients do too. And it's like yeah. wild to watch. Yeah. It's so, cool. so it's like, hmm, where is this being reflected in my life? So if, if I'm frustrated with a client, it's like, hmm, where is this being reflected in my life? I go do my inner work, take my eyes off the client back to myself. And then pff, 
like I hardly have to work with my clients because you know it just takes care of itself. I love it. Okay. Yeah. And then the idea of like, what are you trying to prove? So do you have a, like a drill down scenario that you had to like drill down for yourself hmm. maybe? Um, and you realize like, oh, you know, I was actually trying to prove such and such and I didn't even need to give that advice and I didn't or mm-hmm. I did and I realized later oh I was just trying to prove this no wonder it didn't work or whatever you have something yeah it's interesting because I I tend towards all right if I don't know exactly what I can give here I'm going to move outside the situation and learn more like my natural uh, innate way of being is step back and watch, step back and learn, step back and listen. The answer mm-hmm. will come. Um, so in terms of what are you trying to prove? I found that I was, <laughs> I was always so self-aware that I was like, ah, why are you about to say that? If that's not going to help them, that it's about you, stop talking. <laughs> ah. So I found that I had a different problem. Although I would say that in terms of an example, what's coming to mind is with siblings, right? Like my sister, um, I would give advice to show that I was the boss and I was experienced and I knew the way even when she didn't because I'm three years older. Um, so and while it might not have been, yeah, <laughs> I can. Uh, so while it might not have been the tallest platform from which to stand on, right? Uh, that was definitely something, you know, actually it was maybe four, yeah, four years ago where I had been kind of, it was a huge transition for me where I'd definitely been operating in a place where she would be talking, she would be talking, spinning her wheels. Um, and a big frustration for me would be your arguments don't make sense. And there's no way to pull the thread because you're just trying to win the argument. You're not trying to have a conversation. Sure. So it was the first time where she was saying stuff, saying stuff, saying stuff, asking for advice, not really asking. She just wanted to show what she knew. Um, Where I, I was trying to say, but what about this? But are you doing this? And I was almost trying to critique her advice asking in a way. And it took me just taking a breath and being like, whoa, all of this energy, all of what she's saying, it's not even about, I don't even know what's happening, but this is all in her head. And she's just like, at a certain point, I just stopped talking and I was getting like, well, why are you looking at me like that? Oh my God, you have to look at me like that because you're saying it like this and you think this and this is happening. And I was just like, wow. Like, I, I'm glad like I'm we in my head, in. you know? <laughs> like, this is just a lot, but it was that moment where I was able to just step back and then I just asked questions. I was like, well, what do you think about this? And I don't know if I agree with that. I'm not sure. What do you think about this? So that way it's not that I'm saying no, but I'm saying I'm not quite sure that that makes sense to me. And while it didn't end a peaceful resolution, (laughs) it was a big moment for me to be like, people have a lot of gears that are turning inside their head. Yeah. They pick up they on spin. things that, yeah, yeah. They pick up on yeah. things that they've programmed in as insults yeah. or compliments or oh, yeah. whatever. Oh, yeah. I worked in a psychiatric <laughs> daydreaming center. Had this kid with bipolar. I ended up restraining him. And, you know, by the end of all of it, 
um, everything was over and we just like looked eye to eye at each other and I smiled like yeah we're still friends it's over and boom right in the eye <laughs> like and then later I found yeah. out if you smile at him he thinks you're making fun of him <laughs> mm. oh wrong yeah mm. yep I mean, it's funny what we learn as kids that we pick up and like those little slights, the little actions that we learn. And what is it? The do as I say, not as I do. No, I'm going to do as you do because you're the one in power and you're the one who I'm learning. That's who I want to be. So then I can say, do as I say, not as I do when I'm older. Right.